Welcome to Caveats. We did Poetics by Aristotle and Rhetoric by Aristotle. That was on Tuesday. So now we have our very wonderful discussion where we zero in and talk a little more substantively about some or many of the ideas that came out of the book. So the thing that I wanted to zoom in on when it came to Aristotle's works here was specifically about this idea of persuasion versus manipulation. This is something I've kind of thought about. There is a bit of a a thin line, or potentially could be, that you could unintentionally or intentionally step over when you're trying to get somebody to believe something or act in a certain way. And of course, for Aristotle, persuasion is what he wants people to do. That's what's necessary and practical for a polity, is to be able to persuade each other with the best ideas. And that's where his his trinity comes in, the ethos, established that you are trustworthy, the pathos, the appeal to emotions, and the logos, the sound argument and reasoning. So you bring those things together and you use persuasion to illuminate the truth. It's supposed to be in the best interests of the listener. Now, manipulation is something else. Obviously, we all, to one degree or another, and at different points in our lives, will try to manipulate somebody by shading reality in such a way as to get some particular response, get them behave in a certain way, or think a certain thing, or just to protect yourself. But the distinction between persuasion and manipulation, manipulation is not in the best interests of the listener. It's specifically using deceit and is often coercive, so it tries to blackmail somebody into doing something as opposed to just persuade them. Now, again, there could be kind of a fine line between this. Obviously, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, then you know I can prove why the idea of free will is is ridiculous. So we have to work within this space of figuring out what people are actually doing when they're making a decision or behaving in a different way and what it would actually mean to persuade something that is deterministically driven to do one thing based on an unbroken chain of events. But whatever the case, from a more macro level, you could talk about the different between persuasion and manipulation. Obviously, within relationships just in general, whether it's romantic or not, this could be a very important concept to get down, is that something like persuasion could be healthy, whereas manipulation is something that is very prevalent in relationships, but likely one of the worst possible things that you could do to your partner is to try to manipulate them. This leads to a question, though. Of course, this question is just assumed for purposes of Aristotle's rhetoric, But obviously we don't assume anything, so when it comes to this question, the thing that follows is, how right do you have to be? When we talk about persuasion, you've already arrived at the point of, I know something that I need to get somebody else to know, and so I'm going to use these techniques to try to get them to know that, but how right do I have to be? How sure do I have to be to be able to implement, assuming I'm super incredible at the persuasive method, how right do I have to be to be able to implement persuasion to get somebody to believe something? Of course, something that, a theme that has been recurring over and over again is the idea of humility. This is something that we, this, the word of the decade we have established is humility. So it's something to keep in mind. It's like the, the North Star. We have to follow that. That should be the thing that is our compass is, are we exhibiting enough humility when it comes to the ideas that we're trying to espouse? But in the midst of our daily lives, in the midst of our long-term existence, we're not going to be able to be sure about a whole lot of things, and we're going to have to convince people of a whole bunch of different topics. Obviously, the more complex the proposition, the more humility you should be exhibiting. 
then of course you could see how this would work in is that the more humility you show maybe the more ethos you're establishing you're establishing credibility by demonstrating that you have humility about what you're what proposition you're trying to convince the other person of then on the other side there's also the question of whether this actually works whether the aristotelian method of persuasion actually works on people the ethos pathos logos and all the different tips that he gives along the way and that's a scientific question although aristotle called rhetoric an art it's a scientific question of whether the particular memes that you're launching at somebody whether they're going to have the necessary impact to change their behavior or change their thinking and long term what it's going to do now when i tried to look up i wanted to i don't know how you could find this without being in the industry but i wanted to try to figure out the current state of the art understanding of what persuasion is scientifically from like a social psychology perspective and how much we know about it and and all that sort of thing but all i had stumbled onto was some guy named cialdini who was apparently a scientist he was the foremost scholar in this realm at some point the social psychology of persuasion but now all i could find of him was a bunch of like motivational speaker type stuff where it's like oh you know, hire me to talk to your business and i'll tell them about all my research and can you can get people to do what you want to that that kind of thing so i don't i didn't get much out of that But so I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much of this stuff that Aristotle talks about is validated by modern science. It would be a great thing to learn to figure out because, of course, he picked up all these things intuitively based on his experiences with people and I'm sure a a bit of reasoning in the background to try to figure out what would make the most sense. Such as if you're appealing based on just emotions, it can't be as good as if you're appealing on emotions plus logos, plus uh, you have a reasonable proposition that makes internal sense. If you put those things together and you have some credibility, you know, rather than being a completely untrustworthy human being, then it would seem that all those together would collectively improve your chances of persuading. So I don't know how much of it (laughs) is scientific, but it seems, seems a whole lot of right to me, so... It was certainly worth learning about what Aristotle sees as the persuasive method, the rhetorical method. And there's this painting. There's this painting that I saw at one point, and I, I'd seen it with uh, who was then my girlfriend. And we were at this art museum, and I believe the painting was called The Orator. And there was just this crowd who was in a swell that seemed to be lifting with the order as he raised his arms, and he was at some kind of crescendo in the speech that he was giving. So it was as if they were mimicking his movements to some degree, all collectively, based on just how persuasive his speech was. Later we talked about the painting and I had said about how inspiring it was that you could be so persuasive as to move an entire crowd and get them to follow you in one way or another. And she specifically said that it was something that was scary to her, that it made her uneasy, (laughs) that she saw it in the opposite light, that as opposed to being optimistic that you could move a crowd to do something good, she was concerned about moving the crowd to do something bad. So... The image of the orator has stuck with me ever since, and I think it's been kind of a motivating factor in trying to expand my persuasive milieu with a tiny thing in the back of my head. I I was looking up the greatest speeches at some point that suggests that there's a real danger to it. (laughs) There's a real danger to being able to create that swell of belief and support and get people to follow you. But for our purposes, of course, if we can have the the wherewithal, the Christ-like wherewithal to make sure that we're exhibiting the proper level of humility given the proposition, and of course every would-be dictator, every would-be tyrant would say the exact same thing. said, oh, I'll have the restraint. I'll throw the ring in Mordor. Don't worry about it. But if we can have that wherewithal, if we could show that kind of humility, then we should be fine no matter how effective 
our persuasion happens to become. So, anyway, that's Rhetoric by Aristotle. And we read Poetics. We didn't talk much about that. It was pretty short. But, uh, so that was Poetics and Rhetoric by Aristotle. I know we just did a Taleb book, and then we did Aristotle. So I think we're going to dive into some Thomas Sowell. I feel like it's been forever since we've done some Thomas Sowell. And then we're going to get deep into the Jordan Peterson reading list, his official one this time. Because I had a kind of cobbled together one that had his first 15 books, but then it had a bunch of books that he had just mentioned historically, but he has his official one on his website. So I have that one now. We'll go off of that one and just do his real books from now on. But I think for next week, we're going to do Discrimination and Disparities by Thomas Sowell. And then after that, we're going to go to fiction. We're going to get Vanity Fair out of the way so we can get, uh, we can break this logjam and get on to some other ones. So again, that's Discrimination Disparities by Thomas Sowell. I'm, I'm hoping, like I said, he's, we've done two of his books so far, I think, two or three. But however many we've done, he's blown my mind with each one. I know the last one was just, it was incredible. And we're definitely going to work all of his books into uh, the rotation at some point as we go along. So that'll be next. And then we'll go back to fiction and then we'll probably, hit either Jordan Peterson's book, new book, or uh, we'll do Ben Shapiro's new book that's coming out. I'm not sure yet, but either way, this that's where we're going. So thank you very much for listening, and I will see you on the next one. All right, bye. <laughs>